0: Hello and welcome to the sermon podcast series brought to you by Nokomis United Church in Nokomis and Knox United Church in Lanigan. My name is Mitchell Anderson, student minister at Nokomis and Knox, joining you from treaty Four Territory in the homeland of the Métis Nation. This week we continue our series on the Bible, titled Breathed by God, Reading the Bible in Our Time, as we explore how to read the prophets. Grace and peace be with you. Let us pray. God of wisdom, you speak by your prophets of what it is to follow you, offering us words of hope, of freedom, and of justice. May we hear in the voices of your prophets, of Elijah, of Amos, and of Micah, words you have for us today. Amen. So I was in uh, Meadow Lake, uh, the town where I grew up. Uh, the last two days. It was celebrating my grandfather's 80th birthday on Friday. And um, so I asked my 15-year-old little brother uh, what he thought I should say to you today. Now, he uh, plays a lot of volleyball, and so he suggested something like um, something like this. Uh, keep going. Keep giving it your all. Uh, just, you know, no matter what happens, you just got to keep giving it 100%. So he seemed to think that a a volleyball-style pep talk was what a sermon was. So we'll see how well I live up to his expectations. Uh, So we are in a series about how to read the Bible in our time, learning what the United Church teaches about how to approach Scripture, and uh, wrestling with different stories from different parts. Last week, we looked at Torah, the first five books of the Bible Uh, Which are instruction on how to live and we learned the story of the Exodus about how God leads God's people out of slavery in Egypt and into freedom and gives them a land and when they arrive uh, each family took uh, a plot of land and then lived on it and then generations later we get to today's story about King Ahab and Naboth King Ahab, uh, we're told, wasn't a very good king and took his riches and his power and abused them to exploit and oppress his people. And Queen Jezebel uh, at his side enabled uh, many of his worst decisions. And so he uh, sees a piece of land, a vineyard that he wants so that he can expand his power and his wealth and have a garden there just for the king. And so he goes to Naboth and offers him that he would purchase it or that they could trade. But Naboth knows that this land is the land of his family, that it belonged to his parents and his grandparents, his great-grandparents, that this was the land that God gave his ancestors in honoring the covenant that God made with Sarah and with Abraham. And so to sell it would be wrong because this land was land that he had received from his ancestors and land that Naboth hoped to pass on to his children. And it's important when we read stories from the Hebrew scriptures that we remember how important the relationship with land was, that land was the source of all wealth, that having your family's parcel of land was what would protect you from the hard times of life, and that when you lost your land, it was like losing a piece of your soul, that the relationship with land was embedded with a covenant that the people had made with God through Sarah and Abraham, their ancestors. And so land was not just something to be treated as a commodity to be bought and sold, but land was an intimate expression of your relationship together as society and the relationship with God. And so Naboth says, no, I'll I'll keep my land. Thank you very much. Um, in standing up to this king who was known to be something of a tyrant, So then Ahab and Jezebel uh, launch a scheme to get Naboth killed so that they can go and they can dispossess his land. This was the sort of rule that Ahab had, despotic, tyrannical, corrupt, using his power and his wealth just to expand his power and his wealth more and more for their own sake. And there have been kings and rulers like Ahab ever since, and there are still. But God is a God who is always on the side of the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed, the people who are being dispossessed. And so God speaks a word of truth through the prophet Elijah. Elijah goes and confronts and stands up to the king. And uh, this is what prophets do. The Greek word for prophet Uh, means to speak out and to speak forth. And so prophets were people who God gave words of hope and freedom and justice to speak out about the injustices in their society, where the people had lost their way and weren't following God, and where the society was arranged in a way that benefited a few at the top and hurt the many below. And so Elijah speaks against the atrocities of King Ahab and tells him that the lord judges corrupt rulers of every kind amos of our prophet that we read next uh, tells us uh, then about what happens when the people continue the the rituals of their faith but lose its substance that god despises their solemn assemblies and hates their sacrifices that god doesn't want to hear the songs that they sing that that's like noise but what God truly wants is for justice to roll down like a river and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. That is what God looks for. Not for that we would go through all of the, the actions of our faith but leave our lives unchanged. Not that we would come and we would sing nice songs and say nice words and then leave and be just as awful as we were when we arrived. That is not what God looks for. What God looks for, the prophet Amos tells us, is for justice to flow like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And it's the same way that the prophet Micah tells us, that it is not sacrifices, not 10,000 rivers of oil that God looks for, but what God requires of us is simple. It is to seek justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Now, our economy and our world are very different than the economy of Naboth and of Ahab, but many of the challenges there are real today. People are dispossessed of their lands, and so Canadian mining companies that are headquartered here and that profit us uh, are at work in Latin America and in Africa dispossessing people of their lands in order to build mines, hiring security companies to murder protesters working to oppress people to extract their wealth, just as Ahab did to Naboth. And so just as the rich and powerful in Ahab's time, in Naboth's time, exploited and used their riches and their power to benefit themselves, the same thing happens today. And so we need Elijah's. We need Elijah's to speak words of hope and of truth and of justice in our time, calling power to account holding the elite accountable and saying that this is not the way that we're supposed to live. And in our time, we have the same temptation that Amos and Micah wrestled with, where we can come and we can gather, we can sing beautiful hymns, we can say wonderful prayers, and then we can leave and be just as bitter and angry and corrupt and selfish as we were when we walked in. We can do everything right here, Our worship can be wonderful. We can be the the church bursting with people, but if our lives are not transformed, if our hearts are not changed, and if the world itself is not transformed, then I believe that God despises what we do here. God looks on our, our hymns as noise. If we are not kinder, more compassionate, more gentle, more loving, more forgiving, And if our world is not transformed to be more just, more inclusive, and more welcoming, that what God requires of us is not that we have the best words for our prayers or the best music for our hymns, but what God requires of us is that justice would flow out of this place like a river, that righteousness would flow out of this place like an ever-flowing stream, that we would, day in and day out, seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Now, I do not believe that God expects us to be perfect because goodness knows I'm not perfect and I trust that neither are you because God doesn't want perfect people to follow God. God wants us and God chooses us. With all of the mistakes that we carry and all the ways that we've fallen short, with all of our bad habits, with all the things that we've done, God chooses us and God invites us to follow in the way that God gives us. We don't need to be perfect, but we do need, I believe, as followers of God, to hear the words of the prophet and to be changed by them, to be transformed, to be called to account, to hear the words of the prophet speaking out uh, at us and tugging at our hearts. That if we believe that our interpretation of scripture is most clearly shown in the way we live, then we'd better live what we believe. And so if we believe that God is a God of forgiveness, then we'd better forgive. If we believe that God is a God of justice, then we had better build cities and nations and a world of justice. If we believe that God is always on the side of the dispossessed, then we had better speak out in solidarity with the dispossessed in our time. If we believe that God stands in judgment of corrupt rulers, then we had better speak out against the corrupt rulers and the rich and the powerful who abuse their position in our time. And if we believe that what God wants is not perfect worship, not pretty words, but wants lives of justice and holiness and righteousness, then we are called to do our best, coming each time we gather, offering uh, confession for the ways that we have been made mistakes for the sin that we still carry, and trusting that God gives us another chance to follow God. We're told that the way that God gives us is simple: to seek justice to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. We don't need to be rich or powerful. We don't need to be the most important people. We don't need the biggest church or the nicest building or the best hymns or the fanciest words to be and to do what God has asked us. Because we believe that our interpretation of Scripture is most clearly shown in how we live. Not how many degrees are on our our walls, not how many people are in our churches, but in how we live. So God asks us, not too much, not more than than we can do. God asks us to seek justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. Not just when we are here, but in all of our days. Until in the fullness of time, justice will flow like a river, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And so we pray, Amen, and thanks be to God.